0: From the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Tiny House Jamboree edition of the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. I'm Michelle. And this is Mark. You got to hold the mic when you... Uh,
0: Okay, well... You have to sit closer together. Oh, God. We're already sleeping in the same room. It's going to get creepy. No, all right. So normally the podcast, uh, our studio is actually, I think, what, did we... It's 84 square feet. 84 square feet. So the three of us sit in a very small room together. So uh, this is really unusual.
1: Maybe you should come over near us, and then they can have their microphone over there, and we'll be, like, in a remote recording session. There
0: we go. We're going to, we're going to.
1: There we go. There you go. Andrew's all over it.
0: We're going to do the us and the them thing. <laughs> so uh, who's on our podcast today? Who, is
1: that? Who's on our podcast who,
2: today? who are those guys? Who are those guys? Do we're not sure ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Someone slipped us something last night. It's so today on the tiny house <laughs>
1: podcast, <laughs> we have some luminaries of the tiny house movement. Michelle, you want to introduce our fabulous guests?
0: Me. Yeah, so a couple minutes ago, uh, I introduced uh, managing editor of Turning Tiny. You're probably going to work that into the conversation today.
1: Over and, Andrew
0: and over. Andrew Odom.
1: Big clap for Andrew Odom. Andrew Sweet Tea Odom. That's what we <laughs> call him, a.k.a. Beardy.
0: <laughs> or Zandru Flodum. Andrew Flodum.
1: Flodum. I like yeah. that better.
0: <laughs> and then sitting next to Andrew uh, is... Uh, what are we
3: actually we're in a very small space. He's sitting on top of my yes. lap right now. <laughs> that is a wallet in your pocket, right? Cause, cause, a very tiny squeeze wallet. Because y'all y'all can't see us. We're in a separate studio remotely interviewing.
0: <laughs> Since actually I gotta, I think everybody's already tired of hearing about me. So, Andrew, why don't you introduce your lap friend?
3: Oh God. <laughs> According to my hardbound, beautiful book, 576 pages, called Turning Tiny. Move that
1: mic closer to your mouth. Thank you. According to...
3: (laughs) According to this 576-page beautiful hardback book I have called Turning Tiny, this guy sitting next to me is Derek Deek Diedrichson. A lot of you may know him from his website, Relax Shacks, which uh, has a lot of videos and rarely has fresh content. So you'll... (laughs) (laughs) So you'll definitely want to check that out. You know, now or next week. It'll look the same. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> even next year. Even next year. Uh, Deke is well known for his his house tour videos, the unconventionalism of his house tours. But he's most known for uh, the uh, humble homes, the uh, relax shacks, the uh, little, little buildings and outbuildings and tree houses and funky forts and all the things that he's built using a lot of salvaged materials. So he brings a just a lot of information about how to take salvage materials and turn them into something very cool in some remote land or right there in your own backyard. So please give a hand all of you in my studio right now to Mr. Dick Diedrichsen.
0: That was so Thank touching. You that was so touching. So,
1: so we you. actually have we have two hosts or four hosts apparently and one guest. You just got, <laughs> I, you got I think Andrew just outshined you I guys. i so <laughs> just going to set that there. Okay. That's <laughs> a Exactly. <laughs> so, who came the farthest? I think I did. Yeah. Where'd you come from? I'm
2: just outside of Boston. Boston, man. Pack the cat and have it, yeah. Nice. Uh, I don't know, four and a half hour flight. He had to take like nine connecting flights because he lives in East Bum, you know what, yeah. with an F, yeah. like, <laughs> yeehaw! I mean, this literally like the mayor okay. presides over the town in court with a banjo around his neck. <laughs> and... Uh, so I think he actually took a crop duster to Raleigh. <laughs> then from there, a steamboat backwards up the Ohio. And I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> he started his journey without a beard. <laughs>
3: oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I came from Eastern North Carolina, which um, I did have to take some random transit and uh, tell you a funny story real quick. Uh, I don't know what's happening here, but
1: there's a stray hair on your beard.
3: Yeah, but this how is, is she
0: able to do that for in separate studios? That's ridiculous.
1: It's virtual reality.
3: Wow, <laughs>
0: I even felt it. it was so where did real. you get this? I want to hear the story behind how this very long. What blonde, color is it? It's blonde. It's blonde, but it's super long. Oh, it's your it's your oh, daughter's. Oh, it's your oh. daughter. <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs>
3: line in there somewhere <laughs> that
1: north carolina humor I suppose
3: so. uh, there is a funny story about me getting here uh, i got on the plane in eastern standard time and for some reason i didn't change my my calendar invite or whatever so i had told my ride to pick me up at the airport at what time i thought i was landing and i actually landed two hours earlier and so i texted them and then then they made complete arrangements to come and get me two hours earlier uh, only for my plane to be delayed by an hour and twenty minutes, <laughs> so they ended up having to wait for me. It was it was one of the classier moments of the day. Uh, so
1: Deke was right about your travel.
3: Oh yeah, it was crazy. Well, I I took a, uh, I, I took like the Wells Fargo wagon from my house, and
2: uh, it was kind of like Jules Verne's Around the World in Eighty Days. I mean, there was a hot air balloon in the mix. Horse and carriage. At one point, he stole a scooter from some poor kid yeah. somewhere in Ohio. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Dick just wanted to say that so he would know that he, so that we would all know he's a red man by by throwing out Jules Vernon's name. <laughs> it's the only book he remembers from middle school.
2: Comic book version for the correction.
3: <laughs> so, Go what ahead. do you, what do y'all actually want to talk to us about today?
0: Thank you. What a great segue. You knew this was coming, right? Around? So. The topic of the day. So normally we don't start out podcasts with a topic of any kind. We just call someone up and say, hey, you want to come BS with us on the podcast? Much. So this is somewhat rare. And it's then we funny because that's
3: how it ends, too. <laughs> it is how it ends, actually. <laughs> I, I've heard several of those podcasts. I'm not sure that I recognized any through
0: line in any of them. There was one that was
2: entirely about taco farts. <laughs>
0: In that's, a tiny house. That's <laughs> funny. I missed that one. Did I miss that one? 84
2: square foot studio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you ever figure about the how we came up with the title for yours, Andrew? Remember it was like something about a pony? Something
1: about a pony. Home is a pony. <laughs> is a pony. That's what it was.
0: Anyways, the subject for today is thinking outside the tiny house box. As you can see, tiny houses on wheels are actually very, very well represented here, the tiny house jamboree, and we wanted to sort of take a different take um, on the conversation. We want to talk, not talk about tiny house on wheels. We want to talk about simple shelters and shacks and backyard studios. We want to talk about RV life. We want to talk about glampers. Okay, maybe not, but um, that's what you're here for, just in case you didn't know, is we want to not talk about... T-H-O-W's.
1: But we also want to make it funny. See, I didn't know any of this. You baited me over here with
2: free beer. Free beer and Doritos, I was told.
1: Uh, now
2: that was actually his beard, not free beard.
3: Oh, it was free beard. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: And what was promised is a lap dance became a lap sit <laughs> during the interview.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think um, we can probably get the topic started because Deke and I come from a very similar place. Um. In full disclosure, he and I both, uh, not together, of course, but separately in very different areas, live with our families in uh, small houses that are on foundations. We don't live in tiny houses or tiny house on wheels. Um, And the reason I say that is because both of us live very much a tiny house lifestyle. But it's because we have a different, and I'm speaking collectively, correct me if I'm wrong, we have a different kind of viewpoint of what the tiny house lifestyle is. We think of it, in fact... A lot of times when people ask me, well, what is a tiny house? My immediate answer is it's a state of mind. It's not about the house at all because it really is relative to who's inside the house. And I think I said this to you all last time. Um, it's all about how many people are inside the space and how you're using the space, what you're what your needs are as the person in the space and how you adapt your space to it. So uh, that's kind of where I come from in terms of this topic because I hardly ever talk about tiny houses on wheels because it's just it's not applicable to where I'm at in life right now with my family. So it really bears no weight on what I do on you know, a day-to-day basis.
1: And what about you, Deke?
2: Yeah, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. Um, in terms of the you know tiny houses and the wheels or the I want to talk about the the affinity for people to classify and pigeonhole what is a tiny house because anytime I do an interview uh, newspapers whatever you know TV that kind of stuff it's uh, the first question usually is what is square footage wise exactly what is a tiny house and it really isn't that important um, the scene and the notion of that has changed over time we're seeing tiny houses getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I think it's part and parcel with the TV shows that are out there right now kind of getting bigger and glitzier which which is cool which is fine but i live in a i call them not the t-h-o-f whatever it sounds like a batman sound effect from the old adam west (laughs) show kazow (laughs) poof like i just don't like that acronym certain things annoy me but that that's one of them for some reason um but yeah, I live in a house that's about like 800 square feet, but there's you know four of us and until recently a, a gigantic dog. Um, and, and I get some flack once in a while from people, even though I've been building and designing tiny houses and cabins since the 80s, but people are like, you live in a giant house. And I'm like, well, the national average is like 2,400 square feet. It's not a giant house. And there's four of us in there. And you're giving me crap as a person who solo lives in a 500 square foot house or 400 square foot house. Do the math, the simple math of that. And it's not a pissing contest. Or you know, mine's smaller than yours. Something you'll never hear in the porn <laughs> industry. There's a joke there um, but, but it's yeah. It's, I think people are too ready to classify and pigeonhole things all the time, and it's tough to tell an interviewer like, what the hell does it matter? They want those quantifying numbers, which to me don't seem so important.
0: Yeah. So you're saying that size doesn't matter? Is that what you just said? That's what I'd like to think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's a there's a uh,
3: By the way, this segment of the show brought to you by Turning Tiny. If you wanted to purchase your own copy, it's over there right there in the white tent, on the other side of white tent.
1: What was that? And micro
2: shelters <laughs> available now at Lowe's and other fine retailers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there is there is a propensity in, in human nature to classify things. And so, and especially if they're proud, if they're proud of of their accomplishments. So we have a number of people out here who have some beautiful tiny houses on display. Uh, I've walked through some, and they're quite beautiful. And so I can understand someone being proud and saying, you know, my thing defines what this thing is all about.
2: People want to know if they belong. I think that's part of it. And to convey accurately what you're dealing with. Like if I talk to Joe Tiny House guy over there, or I'm looking at Ron Blair's tiny house over there. Plug for Ron Blair. Um, If I'm looking at his work and and like over the phone, he can give me an immediate feel as to how big it is by square footage. And people uh, need to just want to know those numbers in terms of classification, especially when it comes to newspaper, TV interviews, those kind of things. Because you know what are we dealing with here? If you give the exact numbers, it becomes more clear to people, and that ties in with the need to classify. Yeah,
1: it's more about it's it's less about communication. What is a tiny house, and more about clarifying what isn't a tiny house.
3: I, I want to give ex- an example real quick. My parents are, um, I use my parents all the time, and when they listen to this stuff, you know, they kind of are like, why do you have to say that? So, my parents raised six kids in 976 square feet. Wow. And so, um, yeah, I mean, they were original tiny housers. Well, you know, when all the kids had moved out, they got this idea that, that they deserved to build a retirement home of 4,800 square feet. It made sense in their world. <laughs> You know, so here they are eight, nine years down the road, and they're ready to sell. It's too big for them. So what ends up happening is when people talk to their real estate agents, they give a number. They say, we're looking for something about 3,500 square feet, 4,000 square feet. And so my parents' house gets gets shown. You know, inevitably, folks go and look at it. Soon as they walk inside, one of their first comments is, oh, my gosh, this is way too big. Because what we fail to understand is that like you're saying yeah it's a number and it gives us a guide it gives us kind of a foundational point that we can we can all understand but until you get inside that space and i think that's what attracts so many people to the tiny house movement or the modern tiny house movement is the use of the space Mm -hmm. it's the it's the assignment of every square inch and how that works so I may say, hey, I live in a, a house that's 800 square feet, and people go, oh, that's huge. And, and I say, well, you ought to see my salt and pepper shaker collection. It's not that big at all. you know. <laughs> I use four rooms for that sh- shaker collection. But it's all about how you assign the space and how you use the space that defines for me what exactly this whole tiny house thing is. It's also
2: about like a trend or a moving in the... I don't want to say it's the correct direction, but people overconsume and have so much crap, and you know, in micro shelters, I talk about people um, having extra rooms they never use and heat all the time to simply heat their collection of you know, recreational team soccer trophies and homo figurines and all this crap that's just unnecessary. Uh, but, I like homo figurines. Yeah, I do too. I'm actually like a total addict. And what I heard is there was a homo action. figure? Homo?
0: Homo figurines. I thought
1: he said homo. I thought he said homo too.
0: No, he's like a homo. We collect those
1: too. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> what kind of show is this? It's an irreverent Tiny House podcast.
3: Yeah. Speaking of reverence, the, the Tiny <laughs> House Bible.
1: <laughs> this just
2: got really weird. Uh, no, but I think overall, whether you're in 300 square feet, 400 square feet, if you're looking and downsizing in the right direction, using less, realizing potentially that you're paying less to live and not slaving away you know, to a mortgage and to pay for all this unnecessary junk, I think you're moving in the right direction. That's my opinion. Um, my Well, real quick. Sorry, Michelle. I don't That's okay. Keep, keep on talking. This Eight. is a discussion. Drew and I will talk forever. That's so you guys are in for some trouble. No, just but,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how we do this. So how we do this is we, we have to like signal each other to figure out who's going to ask, the, gonna next ask the next question. I saw the so. aviation
2: flares and flags and everything. <laughs> and yeah. Um, no, but but real quick, uh, my that's sister-in-law. Like,
3: that's why Perry mooned us. Yeah, it was your time. <laughs> it was up. a it was yeah. a, b- a black moon, <laughs>
2: full full unzip with some helicopter moves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I want to give other kids here. Homo? I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so my sister-in-law, you know, my brother builds a lot of tiny stuff with me and designs. My sister-in-law moved in Nova Scotia, her house, I give her huge credit for this because this is what I'm talking about right here. From fifty-six hundred square feet, the biggest house in their town. Willingly moved into this beach cottage conversion with my brother. That's 720 square feet, and she loves it. Wow, that's a ball. That's a huge move. Yeah. and while that house to many isn't considered tiny, no, that move is, and yes. it's, I feel it's in the right direction. You're not awesome. just you know heating a 5,600 square foot house.
3: Well, I've seen pic- I've I've seen pictures of the house, and it's how it's designed inside too. It's well, a, that's it's the a, thing. It's an attractive, really exciting house to be in. The space itself is one that. Someone would want to spend all of their time in, rather than ram- rather than ramble around in you know empty rooms. With my favorite is when people have houses that have rooms with you know that they call guest bedrooms or something. Don't have a guest all year long, but they got a guest bedroom and they're hey you should come visit us. Nah, I, I got things to do. We have a lovely guest bedroom. <laughs> Like, it, I'm going to all of a sudden come because you got a lovely guest bedroom?
1: <laughs> what I find inspiring about the tiny house movement is what you guys are talking about, which is this economical or innovative use of space. And what inspires me when I walk into someplace new is how have people figured out a new way to increase storage in a, in a constrained space, or how have they found a new way to get a bed someplace or um, or not get a bed someplace.
0: I know I said we weren't going to talk about tiny houses on wheels, but we're going to talk about mine for a minute. It's um, be- always
1: about Michelle's tiny house.
0: <laughs> that's why. That's which why will be in being- micro
1: shelters too.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it
2: might. It might actually.
0: <laughs> We're still negotiating the contract, actually. So, um, actually, I'm, I, I'll agree with you on two points, and that is that most of the time, ironically, at minus two hundred and four square feet, ironically, most of the time, people walk into it and say, "Oh my God, this is so huge." They're, it's all about your use of space and use of light and and minimizing. So again, it's it's not even a, a subjective number. It's like totally based on people's reaction to your own individual design and style. And um, by the way, I have a lovely guest loft. Oh, if yeah, either it. of you are ever in <laughs> in Portland, or, Oregon, or both of you,
2: but it's but it has no privacy and all these creepy surveillance cameras over <laughs> it. And you keep asking if my wife comes with me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it is a queen size bed, so you climb up the little ladder. You got a queen size bed up there, your own little private library.
3: There's a confessional in the corner over there. So after this, I'll be there if anyone needs me to sign a book. I don't know where this show's gone. No, but but I agree, Perry, with the uh,
2: my attraction. One of my big attractions to the tiny house scene is the creativity and the efficiency use. Of space and you see some fantastic like here there's like 50 tiny houses right here i've walked through so many where it's just they're so cleverly done there's one over there with a pop top hinge up roof and the alternating stairs it's like a transforming tiny house which when we rolled up uh, i was looking at I'm like that thing's like 17 feet tall it has to hinge there's no way you can take that in the road
1: right. sure enough that's pretty darn creative yeah. it is creative and i have to give shouts out also to other structures of the tiny house movement so we see some yurts out there yes. there's some airstream trailers i don't know if there's some purists out here who are like airstream trailers what the fuck are they doing here or um oh we can swear you can tell here, me that sorry. oh my god. so just so just so you know audience the tiny house podcast is an explicit podcast and mark had warned us that children <laughs> there should would be, be in the a audience. sign or a something for this
3: I'm everyone's th- over 21 right I am completely embarrassed by this subject matter.
0: (laughs) Actually, Andrew, Odom, and I are actually contractually obligated to not cuss on stage. But the rest of you can say whatever the hell you want to.
2: Andrew, the other day we were at the bar. He said the word ass and then proceeded to do ten Hail Marys after it. (laughs) Forgive me, Lord. I
0: I can't can't believe
3: I'm part of this. (laughs) I'd like my name stricken from the record, please.
0: Would, so that, I also would see that be before or after you introduce the book Turning Tiny fifteen times. Love it.
3: So well, I also let,
0: let me. I yeah, want to interrupt sure, for a sec yeah, yeah.
3: because we, we talk a lot about design, or we've been. Someone's already leaving. Wow, short weekend. Sure. Do everybody
2: do what? point and stare at her. She wants a chair. A copy chair. of Turning oh. Tiny. <laughs> okay. We can't get, buy get enough, enough woman copies. A chair. It becomes a stool. <laughs>
3: The best chairs can be found at Dick's Sporting Goods. They're $6 right now. So please go and get your fold-up chair so you can sit and listen to this nonsense longer. (laughs) All right. So what I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, we talk a lot about clever design and things like that, which I think is very important. But um, one of the things I like to do at conferences, workshops, this jamboree, that sort of thing is – I don't write about it so much, and I don't talk about it so much, but I feel like this is a good opportunity to be very real with the folks here and kind of give you all the inside scoop. For those who aren't familiar with the Tiny Revolution story, we started in 2009. Um, now, in 2009, there were two blogs that were out. One of them was Tiny House Blog, put out by Kent Griswold, and the other was, uh, yeah, and the other was a website called uh, Evan and Gabby. And uh, they were building a tiny house uh, over on the West Coast. And so they were actually the first ones to kind of show how they were doing it each step of the way. It was very inspirational. But for for Crystal and I, my wife, um, one of the primary reasons that uh, we decided to go with a tiny house is we were broke, man. I mean, broke. Like, I went in... When we got married, how many of y'all, when you when you got married to your significant other, you felt like you had something to really contribute to the to the marriage? Anybody? You mean financially you? or otherwise? No, just contribute in general. Like maybe, yeah, that's why. I Smart get married, ass right? remarks. Yeah, so I brought to my wife I, the day we got married. I said, "Honey, I'd like to give something to you." And she asked, "What?" And I said, "I owe Amex forty six thousand dollars." <laughs> forty six thousand. 46, now she knows the exact number because it was actually a little bit more and she likes to tell people that. Um, But I felt like I had no options. I didn't know what else to do. I was working a dead end job making $10 an hour with absolutely no chance for advancement. Uh, I worked in a town that I worked for the newspaper. Now I'm a trained graphic designer and I worked for the newspaper in a town that had 816 people. So you can imagine how well my talents were used in this town, Um, but so when we started, we talked about everything. We talked about living uh, because we met as missionaries on the field. So we had been living out of out of cubic, you know, cubic inch backpacks for ages. We talked about living in an RV. We talked about living in a cabin. We talked about living in a yurt. We talked about renting an apartment. And we just couldn't make financial sense of any of it until we came across these tiny house things. And we thought, you know, that's something that even if it turns out subpar, we're able to save money on because we're doing the labor. And we can pretty much pull together a lot of the resources. I mean, we were so stupid in thinking that but that's what we thought and that's how we went into it and that was how our tiny house adventure started was this idea of this is a cheap way to put a roof over our head now since then we've kind of backpedaled and done all those things you know we sold our tiny house we bought an RV lived on the road in an RV we've uh we lived in a converted wood shop i mean we've done it all so and now we're in a a, a small house uh, you know on a foundation so For us, it's always been about what works financially for our family so we could do one thing. Get rid of that initial debt that I brought to the wedding, which we did. We did it in 16 months. We got rid of the whole debt. And let me tell you, it was an unbelievably boring 16 months. Um, If you you ever want to see how strong your new marriage is, never go anywhere or do anything for 16 months. Just stare at each other. (laughs) So we were able to pay that off, and then we continued working on other things, being able to save money. We ended up having a daughter, which, you know, if you've never had a kid, that in itself will make you go broke.
0: So that was where we came from. Actually, I think that's what happens when you sit in a room <laughs> and stare at each other. You have
1: a baby. <laughs> Something
0: happens eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just want to just point that out.
3: By the way, Turning Tiny is available for sale. <laughs>
2: My story, real quick, is a little different, where I luckily didn't have debt. Um, I had a pretty decent job when I was still in college. I used to work as a radio DJ for CBS downtown as a, almost like a shock jock for modern, radio, modern rock, alternative rock. Um, we were renting in Boston, and the prices are so ridiculous. Uh, then moved to the suburbs, and at one point, I was looking at a pizza rag, we call them, which are like the little real estate magazines and pizza shops. That's what the realtors call them, the pizza rags, yeah, at least near me. Um, Massachusetts is a weird place. <laughs> And I realized, looking at these houses, I wasn't even looking for houses. I'm like, I could buy a house and spend less money than what I'm paying for rent. So we bought a small 1930s bungalow that needed a crap load of work. To most people, it would have been bulldozable to butcher the English she language.
3: She bought
2: a book. There you oh, go. She bought a book.
1: She doesn't have a chair. She doesn't have a chair. That she or she stole, stole it. Yeah. Seize her. But she can sit <laughs> on that book like a chair.
2: Yeah. Um, that would be a cool book like the Kramer coffee table book. It unfolds to become a stool. Next year for for Tiny House Jamboree 3, the book chair. Uh, no, but I was lucky enough where I just didn't really have any debt. Even when we got married later, we lived together. Sin of sins. Bef- bought a house together before we were married. <laughs> Andrew inches away from me. <laughs> uh, the, the devil sitteth next to me. <laughs> And, uh, we even, we even registered, <laughs> he just punched me. We, <laughs> we gotta remember this is audio. So yes. Can you add, can you add, can you add sound effects later? Right. Can we get one <laughs> of the pops <thunks? laughs> A slap followed by a, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough, uh, oh, when we registered for wedding crap, I thought it was the most useless, pointless thing ever, cause we had all our cheap dishes and stuff already, and, uh, I don't know, our, my story's, I didn't know 46,000 in debt. You poor, you poor, you sob! Yeah.
3: <laughs> Do you want to know how I got the debt?
2: Yeah. Hummel figurines.
3: <laughs>
2: what, what are, what are those? Seriously. Those little tchotchke,
3: little sculpture things of like cute little kids holding balloons or um, petting parrots. And I don't so know. what you're saying is you've all of a sudden become addicted to figurines of small children.
2: I don't even know where to go with that one Let's not go anywhere Just edit that part out <laughs> saying, that's
1: right. So we're expecting somewhere around 82,000 people today Or not today Over today. The, course of the, the course of the festival no, The Jamboree today. What that's the hell is this thing called? A jam- the Tiny House Jamboree He's off the stage I'm off the stage Tiny House Booze Bash Exactly Well I was going to get to the beer We've already run out of water I heard Are we going to run out of beer today?
2: Do they have beer here?
1: Later on, I'll be turning beer to water. Not nice. Are you your Jesus, then?
2: <laughs> no, we lucked out, though. It's it was supposed to rain process. today. It's supposed to be miserable. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Slower process.
2: <laughs> Less refined in the end run. We call it Odom Light.
3: <laughs> I'm convinced that if I don't talk right into the mic, they won't pick sure. up all the recording.
0: It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Everything from a side. <laughs> it's probably good. So, Andrew, uh, so there there seems to be, so there are the elitists, we're going to call them elitists in the <laughs> Thou movement mm-hmm. um, that talk about RV. Well, an RV. I is just not- had a Thou
3: movement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We well, actually brought a tire iron in I one of our he side was projects, sir. Are- motivations here is to find those elitists.
0: There are those of us that have tiny houses on wheels and we sometimes we tend to be a little elitist about full-time living in RVs. Yeah. And we talk about things like how much does it tow you to tow your tiny house on wheels? We talk about square footage. We talk about livability and, and moisture. So can you tell us a little bit about this story or tell us a story too about living in an RV? Did you take that path around the country that where you were always in 70 degrees? Or talk a little bit about that process and a little bit about the elite sort of perspective of, of full-time RV occupancy.
3: Yeah, well, you know, we built our tiny house. It was 30-foot long, single-level living, and uh, we had kind of gotten to the point where our daughter was at a place where there really was no space for her to do the normal things that, you know, that infants do as they become toddlers and that sort of thing, and so we thought, you know, this isn't really fair to her. It's great for us, but it's not really fair to her. And... Uh, at the same time, Crystal and I had really started feeling the travel bug again. And when you have a thirty foot long, you know tiny house, it's not necessarily the most advantageous thing to you know to lug around the country. Um, at the same time, we just, you know, we didn't feel comfortable towing it around the country, and um, we wanted something different. We wanted something that felt a little different that utilized space a little bit different. and, Excuse me, here's the kicker. We wanted to share this house that we loved so much and that we put our sweat equity into. We wanted to share it with another family that was in that same position we were once. And so instead of kind of holding on to it and making it a guest house or something like that, we decided to sell it. And and here's the kicker, this is what always gets people. You know, people asked us initially, Well, what'd you sell it for? Man, you must have you must have made fifty thousand dollars off of it. We sold it for exactly what our receipts showed we had in materials, because you cannot put a price on the energy and the time and the love that goes into building your
2: own and termite house. damage.
3: Yeah, termite. I mean, for instance, you know, picking the yellow paint for the outside of our house, that took us maybe thirty thirty different paint samples that we purchased to get to that. I didn't feel comfortable charging someone for that time invested when it was a, a, it was a labor of love on our part because it was going to be our home. So when we decided we wanted to hit the road again, we wanted to do something a little more traditional. And we wanted to find out about a different community that makes up our, our country. And so we knew that at that point, having a tiny house on wheels, we weren't going to have the access into the RV community like we wanted. So we kind of... Went with the RV, and it gave us a whole new perspective. And I'll tell you what it also did. It gave us a ton of fresh ideas about living small, how, you know, until that time we had really only talked about the outside being our living room and all that sort of stuff. But when we moved into kind of the RV community, it really started to take shape, and it really became our living room. I mean, every day, you know, we're trying to raise up a daughter and we're experiencing things ourselves. So, you know, hardly a day went past that we weren't out exploring and doing new things. And, and so that travel around the country, we got to meet a ton of tiny housers and RVers and learn about their experiences. And it really breathed fresh life into Tiny Revolution because at that point I was ready to just, we're done with our house. Why do we need to keep doing this?
1: Great, great story. So I, I wanna, I wanna ask the audience how many, how many people. Are, yeah, oh my gosh! Yes, it was. How many? Did people, I say it just
3: like you put in the email for me? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> how many people in the audience do not own a tiny house and are here to like explore them for the first time? Okay, so, so, um, wow, how about this? Does anyone
2: own a tiny (laughs) house? Well, the cool cool thing is with a jamboree like this, I remember like the first or first cabins, I guess, in the 80s or tiny houses and the equivalent of back then when there wasn't really a scene that I got to see, there were like none of them out there or just old, old, tiny Plymouth, Massachusetts cottages. But to come here, if some of you have fit this bill for the first time to see your first tiny house, not one, but 50 of them. I can't imagine. It's got to be pretty awesome. So, so I've seen a zillion of them, and I'm coming here. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like Disneyland. It is.
1: So, so what should people be looking for as they're exploring for the first time this
3: new way of living? I always tell people, look at where you parked in the morning so you can find it at the end of the day. <laughs> no, really. I would go.
2: I like to explore tiny houses. I look for what's going to work, but more so. As I walk around, take your time, paw through them. What's not going to work? Like, oh, this, for me, a lot of times, because I'm pretty tall, I'm like, well, the ceiling's pretty low. I wouldn't live in this one. Or these stairs are awkward. Or this roof has too many dormers, and they got, it got too complicated. That's going to be a, a future problem with leakage. Um, you know, just look for the good and the bad especially glean ideas if you have a camera take a ton of photos like if you see like i love what they did with the siding over there the two-tone siding or the forklift palette work or the scroll work and this and that start making your like your uh mental spank bank of tiny house awesomeness
0: (laughs) i think that's called called pinterest Actually, I think that's called Pinterest. Pinterest
2: doesn't have like uh, what exactly what you want or what you're seeing in front of you. I mean, you're getting to touch these things to to really go through them. Pinterest has these cool overview shots of this and that. But you're in these tiny houses. Take the close ups of like, I like how they did their countertop with, you know, recycled asbestos. That's awesome. Uh, Take a photo of that and don't ever do that.
3: I do want to add, though, if you are pinning things on Pinterest, if you go to my personal profile and pin my pictures, it really increases my rankings. So feel free to do that. Um, does
0: Turning Tiny have a Pinterest page yet?
3: It does not.
0: Where have you been? you
3: will
1: create one while we're doing this podcast.
2: There we go.
0: Yeah.
1: So so the other thing I, I want to mention just for the for the audience is to, um, you know, the people who've built these tiny houses have put a lot of effort into creating something really beautiful that expresses – a little bit of who they are and so when you go into these tiny houses be sure to wipe your feet yeah um if they have those little things you put on your shoes the shoe condoms but don't don't leave an upper decker please <laughs> yeah for, don't do that
3: <laughs> i want to add something though um one of the things that is also available to you at these that i don't want you to take for granted is the amount of vendors that are surrounded good point um there are some wonderful products that you can talk to the manufacturers and find out about that products that deke and i personally use on a regular basis lp smart side is here there's a probably four or five tiny houses that are using lp that are here right now so they're over there um on devia roofing which deke and i use on a ton of projects they're here um you can check them out there i mean i could go through the whole list i'm just thinking of the ones closest to us but talk to the vendors and talk to them about their product and see if they know of any people around here that have used the product that you could go and talk to and say, Awesome. Hey, how does that hold up? And also, don't rely just on the people that come up on stage and do these panels and stuff. There are a lot of tiny houses walking around that you can talk to. Just right now in the audience, Room to Spares over there and there they are right there. And bless this tiny house is walking around. Kim Castle, you can talk to her. She has two kids and a husband in a tiny house. So there are a lot of people beyond just who's here on these panels that you should take advantage of. Absolutely.
2: Andrew and I have a booth next to the uh, Anduvia, or pretty much with them. So come by if you have questions later. You don't want to do shots, hang out, anything like that. Uh, we'll be more than willing to answer whatever questions. Not to plug it, because, uh, but, well, yeah, to plug it. I do have copies of my book available. Andrew's got some stuff Uh, just because I don't want to fly and bring all that crap home uh, mainly. So uh, swing by. But also what Andrew was saying, do check out some of the solar booths, especially because a lot of people are especially like uninformed about solar because solar can get very tricky. There are uh, quite a few good booths over there. They will answer your questions and the Kimberly stoves as well roger's over there those beautiful little stoves he has like heating solar those kind of things yeah you're going to be razzle dazzled by the beautiful tiny houses the aesthetics but look at the systems pick their brains as well while you're here good good points
1: okay and with that we're going to end this edition of the tiny house podcast with a shout out to the next tiny house podcast which is what time is it when is it tomorrow at what time Who who the hell
0: am i even on it can Deke and I sing a theme song on the way out? I'd
1: lo- I'd love to have Deek do a rap.
0: Before you do that, though, oh come on! Before you do that, I gotta say this is I think this is really unique it's podcast like because might. we actually made it all the way through and we didn't talk about composting toilets. We talked a
1: little bit about. Poo. Did we? It's we like got a little bit of two it. other episodes though. That's complete true. With that's, true. Sound that's true, that's true, that's true.
2: So
0: we're gonna let you guys sing a song and take us out. Um, and then when you're done, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everybody about our next podcast. Thank you, yes. Our next podcast Can
3: broadcast. I, before we close, I just wanna share one secret of tiny housers with everyone, because they need to know the secret. Go for it. For people who uh, live in tiny houses, let me tell you a little, little secret about what life in tiny houses is like. When you get to stay at a hotel like all of us are doing, The first thing you do is go and flush the toilet and watch it go down. And the second thing you do is watch free cable on a TV. That's true. That's the big tiny house secret. You walk in the room and you're like, it's air conditioning and I'm not paying for it. 65 degrees!
1: (laughs) And the same number of channels.
3: Yeah!
2: And Andrew always proceeds to stand naked in front of the window waving at elderly ladies. As the police log this morning reports. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's have that
1: song.
3: Do we have a song? Oh, I
1: thought you had it ready.
3: We don't have a song ready. Andrew, you just said he was going to sing a grace song. Or something. I thought I thought we were just going to be silly and sing along with it, like click and clack, you know? But it's not working out like that. If we do an ad-lib
2: song, it's going to turn really dirty quickly. <laughs> okay, let's not do that.
3: <laughs> okay,
0: okay. Let's, let's just do your theme song. Yeah, we're not, go. gonna, Hit it! We're not,
1: we're not doing the theme song. When, when's the next show?
0: So, and who's uh, on it?
1: I'm putting you guys in the spot. I want you guys to rap this time. I did it last episode, so okay. <laughs> the hip, the, hop, the <laughs> hit, hit, the hit, oh, the hit, the. What the hell I'm doing?
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a myth that was just broken. We're
1: gonna see some jumping next. <laughs>
3: There's going to be a basketball tournament out back in (laughs) the show. (laughs) Speaking,
0: (laughs) speaking of diversity in the tiny house movement, thank you for that segue. So tomorrow, our (laughs) next podcast is actually going to be another live broadcast Um, for our listeners' sake uh, and our audience. Tomorrow, we're actually going to be interviewing. Jewel Pearson, uh, Ms. Gypsy Soul, um, also Bonnie Lee and Dominique. We're gonna be talking to the Tiny House Trailblazers. We're gonna be talking about diversity in the Tiny House movement, how we encourage diversity, how we embrace diversity. And uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, Please join me again in a uh, round of applause for our two guests today, Andrew and Deke. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.